This is Gray Man Media Content. Um, All right, here we are. Welcome back. back to another episode. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Wolf Takes a Bite Podcast. I am your host, John Wolf, with my co-host, Devin Lord Gray. Wolf. Aru. Giffy. <laughs> what are we what are we covering today, John? Today we're talking about the tall, the handsome, the maybe human, men in black. Yo. Wait a second. I climbed into the hills. I I would I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. FBI, open up! One type is about three feet tall, very dark, not humanoid at all. Yet lizard looking. The creatures that I have seen mostly have been the uh, the greys. To the search for truth, little grey men, little grey men from outer space who actually abduct humans. Men in black. Men in black. Truth or not? Men in black. It's possible, Devin, that the story of the men in black, the mysterious figures that would come to be the subject of fascination in the UFO conspiracy circles, and eventually break into mainstream pop culture, can be traced back to one single day in 1947. In the 40s? June 27th. Whoa. Which we're coming up on. Oh. <laughs> oh it's like, John, that's not how time works. Time marches forward. <laughs> but you, yeah, you mean the date. I got you. Yeah. The anniversary. <laughs> yeah. It's quite... Uh, June no, what? June 27th, 1947. Okay. Now, it's quite possible that it all started with one man, a boy, and a dog on a boat. As all great stories do. It does. <laughs> I mean, I was born as a, with a man and a dog on a boat. Every story starts that way. All greatness. What? No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I could have been. I don't know. I could have been. <laughs> you don't fucking know. <laughs> you know. Who the fuck knows, man? I mean, You were born after me, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Now... <clears throat> What do you feel like? Oh, about the Men in Black? Mm-hmm. It was a dope movie. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I like the first and the second. I haven't watched any of the other ones, but... I, I, I'm not going to lie. The International one was actually pretty good. Was it? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I thought it was about as clutch as you could get without having young Will Smith in it. <sighs> Is old Will Smith in it? You know what? I don't remember. I feel like you'd remember Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, me and Will Smith have complicated history, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you, go, you, and, the, go way you and the Fresh back. Prince go way back. Yeah, we go way back, you know, especially in his Bel Air days, you know. <laughs> we used to kick it all the time. But then, you know, we started having those, all this trouble in the neighborhood. Right, right. right, right. <laughs> you, you grew up in West Philadelphia, right? Yeah, born you were and just, raised. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect a riff off of uh, <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air today. Clutch, clutch, <laughs> clutch, Nixon. <laughs> uh, you know what, Devin? You know what? I think I'm just getting a little clouded in my mind. You know what I think I need? Uh, I think I need a cool, murdering, liquid death mountain water. Do you really? Yeah. I would love to Why would that. I ask if I didn't need? Because you know what? I've stopped drinking anything but water. You have a Calypso lemonade and a fucking old fashioned over there. And guess what? I'm drinking Mountain Death. Mountain Death. <laughs> Liquid Death Mountain Water? <laughs> Dude, Mountain Death is Mountain Dew on fucking crack. <laughs> uh Mountain Dew, if you're if you're looking for an idea, mm. you know, we got it for you. It's a new energy drink. <laughs> Called Mountain Death. It's Holy got meth amphetamine. Bro, that's brilliant. <laughs> They call it. They call it Mountain Death, filled with Mountain Meth. <laughs> it's like you look on your phone, like you're looking up the ad. I'm gonna do this ad read for Mountain Death. Yeah. <laughs> or Liquid Death. Hey, if you're looking for a way to get into the fucking energy drink energy market, drink market yeah. energy water. <gasps> what? Full of B. What is that? That shit you put on your tongue? Vitamin B12. <laughs> Just pack it full of that, man. Whoa. 
Anyway, we need to we need to we really need to spo- get sponsored with him because we get we're coming up with some good ideas here. Well, a lot of people are really thirsty to get sponsored by Liquid. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I think it's getting pretty hot out here, so I think my swimming pool would do very well. If it was filled with liquid death. Didn't we do the math on that last, like, not last week, but the week before? More than a few, but yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a thing. Yeah, it was a lot of money. <laughs> we need about a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> to fill my swimming it's, pool. Listen, just remortgage your home. <laughs> I have to do, like, 12 times. <laughs> maybe, maybe 30 times. Fuck. My pool's uh, worth more than my home. <laughs> Especially if you fill it with liquid death. No R- shit. Right? <laughs> Be like, shit. I'm going to have to charge you $200,000 to get in this pool. Yeah. Something. There's going to have to be a fucking fee. <laughs> no peeing in the pool. All right. Uh, now, men, men in black mountain water. <laughs> We're falling apart already. Yeah. We haven't even had one drink. All right, so here it is, Devin. I need another one. About the man, the dog, and the boat. <laughs> right. That's that's where this whole thing started. <laughs> the, a boy, a man, and a dog on a boat. As the story goes, Harold Denali was on a conservation mission on the near eastern shore of Washington's Murray Island. As we all know, up north, they name shit weird. Right, right. (laughs) Gathering logs. When he saw six donut-shaped obstacles hovering about a half mile above his boat. Before long, one of them flew nearly 1,500 feet. Or, sorry, fell nearly 1,500 feet out of the sky towards him. uh, Followed by raining metallic debris, some of which hit Dolly's son, Charles, in his arm. Not Charles. Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. No. No. Okay. As well as the family dog even got hit Candyman. by this raining debris. Candyman. Mountain Mountain. Demonetized. <laughs> Who? Now, the dog didn't survive the ordeal. No. Not the popper. And neither did the boy, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> More specifically, the dog. Yeah, that's what we're worried about. Now, Dolly was able to take some pictures of the aircraft with his camera, which he later showed to his supervisor, Fred Krinsman. Oh, good old Freddy. Krinsman. A skeptical skeptical Krinsman went back to the scene to look for himself and saw strange craft with his very own eyes. They were still there? Yeah. Just chilling. Well, they just lost one of their... Own, I guess. Yeah, you know. I guess that's a fair point, yeah. So they're kind of figuring out what the fuck to do. They're probably like, yo, what the fuck? We're so fired. Yeah. <laughs> Our alien overlords, Devin Grays, will never. No, no, no. The following mo- morning, Dolly was visited by a man in a black suit. They ended up at a local diner where the man was able to recount in extraordinary detail, what Dolly had just experienced. What I have said is proof, and this is quoted, what I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about the experience. What I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. Now the man said, now according to author Gray Barker, in 1956, he wrote a book, they knew too much about flying saucers. Dolly was told not to speak of the incident, and if he did, bad things were going to happen to him. The supposed events of Murray Island have continued to fuel conspiracy theories to this day, even though the U.S. government investigation deemed it a hoax after Dolly and Crimson later admitted as much. Now, in particular, the mention of the man in the black suit would evolve into a key obsession for UFO enthusiasts and spread into an American pop culture thanks to the comic book series and blockbuster movie trilogy. In all, <laughs> the bravado every week and all of their, di- now, okay, let's, let's get serious. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. 
in, in all of their different incarnations, the men in black, or the MIB, usually have one main purpose, and that is to muzzle the witnesses of the strange, the paranormal phenomenon. They mo- almost always wear black suits and hats with dark sunglasses, drive black cars, and arrive in groups of two or three. Some describe them as one would an FBI agent while others recall the MIB as having a very strange appearances, sometimes with supernatural features like glowing eyes or strange complexions, just basically appearing to be human while not act completely human. Also, they have a, a lot of reports that have actually really said that they've, they give this, it's like the black-eyed kids. They give you this very unnerving feeling of fear and dread. Because it's just something so far out there, your mind can't process it, and your body is just wanting to react to it. Yeah, I, I get that way a lot when I'm around Tommy Lee Jones. Is he still alive? <laughs> he played opposite of Will Smith in Men in Black. That was the whole joke. <laughs> uh, it's Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's not Harrison Ford! <laughs> Look, Will, Will Smith was the star in that movie, okay? Tommy Lee Jones was amazing in that movie. He's better in, in his in his comeback. The second one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one, uh, I liked him a little bit more ditzy. So, like, the second one's my favorite. For Tommy Lee, anyway. See, when you say Tommy Lee, I'm thinking Tommy Lee, the mu- musician. Who? Nikki Sticks. Just trying to jog your memory here. I don't know this. Let's see these people. Turn on these lights. You know The Dirt? You see that movie? The dirt? No. Yeah. Now, I remember you people from last time. You motherfucker, what do you think? How? Tommy Lee is from Motley Crue. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't know him by name, but I know Motley Crue. Okay. I'm so ready. What are you doing? I'm so, I'm looking at the cast of the Men in Black movie. Fucking can't. <clears throat> so, yeah. are the Men in Black, are, are, are they all human? Some could be, but maybe some of them aren't, and they're just aliens in disguise. Well, don't those, like, rodent alien things... Don't they work for the men in black? You mean the cigarette smoking one? Yeah. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Plus the pug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Those are aliens. (laughs) That's an alien up a dog's butt. Frank, I think was his name. Frank was his name, yes. Frank the pug. How's that IMDB page working out for you there, David? (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it. (laughs) I enjoyed it. All right. So there's a book called The Real Men in Black. Now, the concept originator, first contact, uh, first man contacted Albert Bender in 1940, was chief timekeeper at Acme Shear Company, world's largest maker of scissors. <laughs> Weird, okay. At 2 o'clock in his room where he lived, 20 clocks would go off every 15 minutes in his attic. Why? He also painted his room <laughs> <laughs> and monsters and ghosts, and is just generally... Regarded as an all-around weird dude. Okay, so there's no rhyme or reason as to why he did this. He shared his room with his stepdad. Okay. And he called his room... <laughs> my my client, John Wolf is not taking questions. <laughs> Fifth Amendment. <laughs> he called his room the Chamber of Horror. And he made it a haunted house filled with rubber bats and traps and spiders and other scary stuff to scare his friends and any girls that he brought over. Uh, he came from a witchy family full of odd stories, and he, he, he like his relative who died from a brain hemorrhage from a ghost. That's a kind of a clusterfuck of information, but we're going to talk about him in another episode. But more specifically, he is one of the m- most OCD people um, that has done a, the most in this re- field of research for the men in black. Now, he also had severe OCD, which I can understand, um, and he was really good chief timekeeper at the scissors factory how do you get that job <laughs> how do you get the how do you get the job of of timekeeper at a scissors factory you have to be really good at time you have to have really good ocd you i mean i, I think i don't even know exactly what he did i think basically he just kept all the clocks running right so that way the the line would run right like that's, everything's got to be on time. Like, I don't know what why scissors need to have a timer. They don't. <laughs> well, apparently in the 1940s, they did. <laughs> all so, right. All right, all right. Who was Kenneth Myers? 
I, I don't know, but I bet your show notes have something about it. The pilot who first reported UFO sightings, Kenneth Meyer. He is the forefront of UFO and paranormal research. Besides not, Betty Hill. She was not a former researcher. She was a, she was one of the one of the few people who had she, a first encounters. But didn't she like look into it and stuff? Didn't she like research that stuff? I mean haphazardly, but she was a victim, if anything. I don't think she was a victim. <laughs> she was a victim I of alien probing. I think she enjoyed it. Based on the story you gave me. Just because it feels good doesn't mean you're not a victim. <laughs> That's gotta be cut. <laughs> You can't leave that in. What the fuck? Oh, now I am. Uh, no, don't. It's so bad. Taken out of context, that could sound so bad. Cool. <laughs> so, Devin, let's get into some thoughts of yours right now. Um. Well, yeah. So far, here's where I sit. Like, Men in Black, first off, I don't think it's a real thing anyway, so... Um, I feel like all you've done so far is kind of set the stage as, as where as like, I guess where, because we were in the 40s, I'm assuming all this leads into current speculation and theory. You've kind of set the groundwork of where people first started to come up with this theory and this kind of cryptid kind of thing. <laughs> You're not out of content, are you? So here's some freaky encounters with the men in black, Devin. Um, this was updated in February 17th of 2021. Okay. You might remember Oof. the now this is just reading subtext from this uh, Wikipedia page. But you might remember the Men in Black from the Will Smith movie. It was a Tommy Lee Jones movie, but yeah. But supposedly the movie <laughs> is based on a real government agency. Well, yeah, that was isn't that the whole topic. That's the <laughs> Depending on whom you ask, the Men in Black are either a nutty UFO conspiracy theory. Or they are part of a secret government agency designed to prevent public from learning more about UFOs. The men in black always appear unannounced and are usually, like we said before, clad in black suits uh, and warn people to give up their research into UFOs or face dire consequences. Sounds kind of familiar, like that uh, thing with Bob Lazar and what they, how they threatened him. Mm. Uh, well, you're believing in Bob Lazar now? We've already made me a blizzard at the end of that episode. <laughs> I am a blizzarder. <laughs> Blizzarder. Um, <laughs> and warn people to give up their research. Uh, so in many cases, the men in black have also seen aliens. Uh, in some accounts, they uh, are aliens themselves or some form of demonic supernaturals, much like the kids, the kids in black or the kids with black eyes, I mean. The black eyed kids? Yes. The Becks. Now, what we didn't say when during the I'm a loser, episode, baby. So why don't you kill me? How do you know so many of those songs off the top of your head? I like the Black Eyed Peas and I like Beck. So those individuals <laughs> get crazy with the cheese whiz. <laughs> God damn. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, funnily enough, refer to the men in black as their parents a lot. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Okay. Actually, this is good that we do. So, make a mental note when Jessica mm-hmm, re- mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. publishes these. These need to go back to back. That's interesting because you were talking about last week. Uh, not for us, but for the viewers. Last week, the kids would always be like, "Our parents are coming." Mm-hmm. So it's the Men in Black. Yeah. And many of those. Wow, this would be really cool if you like did enough research on it. This would actually be a really, really fucking cool topic. I'm just fucking with you. I do have a lot. Uh, okay. All right. That makes me feel better because we're at 23 minutes. <laughs> to, to be honest, it's probably like 13 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. 45-minute runtime. Let's go, baby. Yep, at minimum. Uh, so that is pretty uh, canon for them. you know. And they do that a lot when they say that. Like, oh, well, my parents are we're waiting on our parents or our parents are coming. Can we wait inside? Um, and then a lot of the times the survivors of those encounters with the, the black-eyed kids actually – see an old black or even an old yellow sometimes odd looking car um with two men in black suits or two beings in black suits uh can, can with I black sunglasses you, in the middle of the night can i ask you a question mm-hmm. just I, I i'm i don't have any reason to believe this i'm just asking you if you know or if you have any speculation on it do you think that like i mean 
obviously the movie has Frank the Pug and those uh, cigarette smoking aliens or whatever. Obviously that's a movie, but they're working for the men in black. Do you think the Bex could be working in with the men in black? I think the Bex are, and, and this is something I would maybe have to go back and touch to on the Bex. Um, but I feel like they are a demonic or supernatural being yeah, that the men in black are keeping in check because uh, they can traverse across the thero planes. So, so they're they're more than they're not just dim- they're in multidimensional beings that can traverse like from hell or whatever you might say because so there's that, a lot of demonic um, subtext with the way they act. In that theory, it would be like. It's not necessarily that they're working with the men in black, but the men in black have, like, at least for the most part, perfected tracking them. Mm-hmm. And whenever they show up, the men in black almost yeah. certainly always. I mean... But why are they calling them the parents, though? Because what demon doesn't want to say something fucking weird and creepy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean... Fair enough. Every every case of demons or whatever, they're like, I want peace <laughs> Like, shit doesn't make sense, man. They don't fucking understand... They're, they've been trapped in hell for fucking millennia. You know, they finally get out. They finally get, It's like being trapped in your house through all of COVID. And you finally step outside and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot to put pants on. Like, you just don't know how to live human anymore. <laughs> live human. How do I human? Mm-hmm. 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 Can I get ketchup with my apple, please? Hello? <laughs> Are you my mommy? <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that's what I think. I mean, and you know what? I want to do more of this too, especially moving in on our further seasons where we actually take some of these topics, learn a little bit, but we theorize from our own conclusions. I just don't like to because like normally the conclusions I draw, I, first off, whenever I do start to draw conclusions, I will say it. Um, but most of the time, I, I'm either on the side of the fence where it's like, I don't believe this. Anyway. Especially things like cryptids I'm more likely to do this with. But when you start talking about like a hollow earth and shit, I can't. I just can't. Like things that are already proven scientifically, I can't. But the Mongolian death one. That one, there just wasn't anything for me to theorize on. It was just insane. <laughs> I can show you the, the worm. worm. You know, I've literally, ever since we started paraphrasing these songs, I, I cannot hear them on the radio or in my <laughs> podcast. And I'm just sitting here singing the wrong one every time. It's, yeah. it's insane. Luckily, there are, <laughs> there are there are so many songs. We'll never run out of songs to parody. Maybe also including uh, your your research into these topics, you should kind of field a couple different songs that we could possibly parody with it. Speaking of the Men in Black, why do you think it is we haven't had any weird instances this season? <laughs> you talk about, like, the sound interferences and stuff mm-hmm. that were purely coincidental, but you are... Con- oh, are you sure about that, Devin? Because really, right I'll, after, on I'll, live recording, when I said, oh, Men in Black, or, you know, the the FBI just want to check, why don't you give us a moment of peace? And then all of a sudden, it was like, I'll admit, it was incredibly sus, <laughs> some of those timings. I don't think that the FBI or the Men in Black or anything of that nature are... are and they're just out dealing with COVID now, I guess, but... Yeah, luckily we're both vaccinated. Correct. So. I have my government chip ID. Wink, wink, wink. Uh, some folklorists, however, claim that the whole idea of the men in black itself, a form of mass panic or psychological drama due to the suggestibility and willingness to believe that. Sure. Others, however, insist the men in black are part of a real government agency designed to prevent the public from learning the truth about UFOs. Which, coincidentally, can we talk about the fact that it is now 6-13-2021, and we are on the cusp, if not already past the cusp, by the time this episode has released, the government is declassifying yeah. shit about fucking aliens, and nobody is saying anything about it? Kind of... Makes it strange that there would be an entire government agency dedicated to keeping all this under wraps if they're just going to declassify. It doesn't really make much sense. Now they're declassifying, but over f- fucking, what, 40 years? I, I'll i give you my theory on it. Go. I think that uh, it's been long enough since the fall of the USSR because uh, back then America wanted to project power. Tell me less. Okay, I'll stop there. 
I mean, like, more. I don't know. Say less. Tell me more. <laughs> during the during the the rain during the Cold War, right? There was a lot of shit that happened on both sides that neither neither country would acknowledge because it would make them look weak. And I think that they should have released it earlier because it was kind of dumb. Basically, after the fall of the USSR, they should have released it. But it, I think that a lot of Americans would have been really concerned about their safety and. They probably would would have stopped believing in the current government, and same for the USSR. If the citizens found out that you know there was flying objects in our sovereign airspace that our government could not define, whether that's alien or or foreign, you know, uh, on Earth, it doesn't matter. Regardless, it would have made our, our governments look bad. Now we're past that. No one really gives a fuck. That's why no one's talking about it. Mm. And then I guess also to the counterpoint, it's not confirmation from the government on aliens. It's on UFOs. Correct. Yeah, it's just unidentified flying objects. When literally just me, it, you could be in a Cessna and just not identify yourself on radar, and it, it well, you're a UFO. I think it's a little bit more complex than just being in a fucking you know Piper Cub or Cessna. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm just trying to make the point that. UFO is a very broad term. It doesn't really it mean anything. It is a broad term. And watering there, it down like that is the reason why we're still no, not no, knowing the truth there's about a the lot alien of, aspect. Of there's it. a lot of examples of UFOs that are like, you You really do look at it and it's like, you can't explain that. Like, there's nothing on earth that, that can do the things that you exactly. see. Exactly. But there's also other things where it's like. Which is why. And I think what, this is why we should segue to this. In our next episode, we should talk about the Great Filter. And we will. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just came up with it. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, wow. That happened organically. Whoa, we're so good at this. Oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe leave that in. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I probably. think so. It was good. Cut much because this is on you, sir. This is the one you per quote. Dust this is the in one. the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust in the wind. At the moment, there is no way to <laughs> definitely declare whether the men in black are real or not, because if there are part of a secret government agency, they may not have entirely kept the secret. But they have prevented the conclusive evidence of their existence from leaking out into the public. And as the dust settled from World War II, like you were saying, and the USA launched into the Cold War with Russia, paranoia and conspiracy theories spread throughout the land. And in this climate of high tension, suspicion arose the first mass sightings of identified flying objects. You know, uh, a lot of people listening at home might think that I knew that information that I that I read your show notes. I did not. No, <laughs> that was... I was, and I wanted to read it again because Devin was correct. Yeah. Um, do you not believe in FOIA requests? Absolutely, I do. So, do you think that no one's ever submitted a FOIA request for the Men in Black? Just because you request it doesn't mean you get it. Okay, fair enough. Because it's Freedom of Information Act, so it has to fall under public domain. I understand. I understand how it works. I just but by all logistics, you're correct. Because under FOIA registration uh, law and everything like that, you're supposed to be able to request the names, the salaries, and the positions of anybody who is employed by the government because they are working off of your dime. Correct. Yeah, it's your money, so yes. therefore you are entitled to that public information. That's why you can go to the police. You should be able to go, and I suggest you go. You know, with local with local law enforcement, it's a lot easier to get a FOIA request when you're talking about federal government shit. It, it gets a little dicey, but yeah. But you're supposed to be able to get it. Inclu yes. and that includes that definitely includes post offices because they're federal employees, and TSA agents federal employees. Are TSA federal? Yep. I didn't know that. You yep. had a government job. Hmm? You worked for the government. Mm -hmm. No. Taking it down from the inside, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. What else you got? Uh, <laughs> Devin, not much. <laughs> not much, Devin. You know, my clearance has just got revoked. 
(laughs) (laughs) I can't fly for another 10 years now. Thank you. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) The first known report of mysterious strangers showing up and warning someone not to talk about their UFO encounters was in 1947. We talked about that with Howard Dolly. Uh, yeah, the one who <laughs> lost his fucking dog. And his kid. But he lost his dog. I think he just shot them both. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, shit. Come on, little. Uh, what was the kid's name? Come on, Charlie. Let's go out to the fucking lake with, see, with Sundance. And see, fu- now I feel really bad for the kid. Before it was like, eh, whatever. But now, like, the. Oh, you were willing to accept alien shrapnel just killed the kid and the dog, but not him? That is the accumulate. That's. That is the equivalent of an act of God, <laughs> but but it, it, like the pupper never did anything bad. But like, I don't know. I guess because it's just a, if it's alien debris falling out of the sky and you're the only three people on a boat and you're the only I one mean, that survived, I, you gotta kill the dog too. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it <laughs> because I'm a father. Like anytime I think of like a, a parent killing their own kid, it's like it always fucks with me. No, I'm not. It's, it's totally fucked up. But but like but, but I if think it, that's but if l- just shrapnel falls on the kid, that's what kills. It. I mean, people die. You know what I mean? That's not the dash. Shrapnel da- fell on the kid and the dog in a small rowboat, and but that's, not the dad. And that sucks. For what the are the dog. odds of that? Oh, dude, we could play the odds game all day long, right? I mean, you know what I mean? What about Tony the Tiger? Tell me about this. What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? You go with this infinite reality thing again. Here we go. Again, it, it, <laughs> listen, we live in the reality where the, the odds of that happening was 100%, and that's what happened. Now, if we were in a different reality, probably really small. All right, but what about uh, this Chris character that came into the picture later? Said he saw the aliens, too. Now, I, I, granted, now, I know I'm the theorist, and I'm supposed to be the one who believes in this, but I got to look at things in both light. It took you two seasons to start. <laughs> Congratulations. Fuck. <laughs> So answer the question, Devin. Uh, well, he was a skeptic, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was the skeptic that came back. Well, first off, I think it's weird that the, the ships were there. Still? Yeah, that was that already was sus. Uh-huh. Um, so do you think he's just covering for the murder? You're drawing a lot of speculation. Do you know? Is it, has, he been <laughs> shot, has he been charged with murder? It was 1947. I, I need to do a FOIA request. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, that's. I mean, that that would have happened in the in the in the justice department, right? You probably won't even need to do a FOIA request. You'll probably just have to go to whatever, whatever body keeps those records. What state was it? State, uh, probably need to go over to the state house. Of course, state house. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know. Strange. In, indeed, indeed. <laughs> I concur. Indubitably. Try to get my new catchphrase out there. So, writer John Shearwood claims that his friend Gary Barker concocted the myth of... I couldn't figure out how to read that. Concocted? Yeah. Probably because you didn't spell it right. Con-cock-ted. Delete. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) And now it stays in. (laughs) C O N C O C T E D. I mean, if I was looking at it, I, I don't know. See, if it was me writing it, I would have wrote C O N hyphen C O C K Ted. Ted. <laughs> All right, he concocted what? He, conco- <laughs> he concocted the myth of the men in black in 1956 when he wrote his book. They knew too much about flying saucers, he, which he, was all about that guy we were just talking about with the boat who probably killed his son and his dog. So I want you to repeat a sentence for me. He concocted what? He concocted the myth. Oh, now you're going to add air quotes. Now you add air quotes, you asshole. Well, it's here in the notes. Want to bet? Want to bet? I'll keep going. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. This is so much. You're doing... I don't even... I need you to try. Fuck. <laughs> he does have quotes around myth. He does have quotes around myth. Yeah. There you go. Of the men in black in 1956 <laughs> book, they called that he called, they knew too much about flying saucers. Now, here's where it gets a little fun. 
Shearwood swears that Gary came up with the theory as a joke. Similar to the rumors, L. Ron Hubbard invented Scientology. Do you want me to riff on that or what? What? What do you want? Why did you take? Why did you do a second take? Because I. I okay, third take. Because I thought you wanted me to riff, and you were like, you were like, no, 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 it's because I fucked up. And I was like, okay, take three. And then you just didn't say anything for like 30 seconds. I'm giving myself a pause to catch my breath. Take four. Writer John Sherwood claims that his friend Gary Barker concocted the myth, air quotes included, of The Men in Black in 1956, book that he called... They knew too much about flying saucers. Now, Sherwood swears that Gary came up with the theory as a joke, similar to the rumors of how L. Ron Hubbard invented Scientology as part of a bet with another science fiction writer. Whoa, wait, this man created a whole fucking religion based on a bet? L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah. Scientology? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's so many people who believe in that. It's You're a theory. Oh, it's it's a theory, but it's actually what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So what to whether or not he'd be able to invent a successful religion was the bet. That's fucked. So no, whether or not Sherwood's story is true, this still doesn't account for the fact that Howard Dolly's report of a man in black sighting predates Baker's alleged hoax. By almost a decade. Now, the odds are that it could just been a man in a black suit working for the government at the time. But I feel like the odds are scarcely a little bit thinner to a newly created form of government or uh, government entity. Oh, no, man. It's probably just some coat, right? It was probably just some coat. Some what? Some coat. Coke? Coat. Uh-huh. Suit coat. He was wearing a whole black suit with black sunglasses. Yeah, he was probably black some... Black shirt, black tie. Probably some coat. Coming in, asking questions. 1950s. I mean, it was FBI, you know. You, that's what I, what I would guess. I mean, so you got you basically have a missing report, uh, missing persons report for a child. Negative. Bodies were recovered. What were the injuries? Uh, Do we have an autopsy report? I don't have one on file, Fuck. but I will work on it. I didn't expect you okay, to ask me for an autopsy report, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, listen, 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 right? So, like, suppose the men in black show up and question him. Uh-huh. Uh, what About was his, his name? supposed sighting. What was his name again? Howard Dolly. 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 Right. Um, yeah, it would be weird because, you know, he's supposedly claiming that an alien <laughs> it crashed into his son on a rowboat. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, you got it. You can't just have a normal beat detective do, handle that. You got to get the FBI involved. It could have just been the FBI. Yeah, so we're going to get Bob from down there on 33rd Street to yeah. come check out this alien kid what is who that? supposedly got is this that, from Brooklyn. Is this your, it's Brooklyn. <laughs> We're going to have him come down here and check out this kid that supposedly got hit by a UFO or something. But don't worry, we got to stop and get a hot dog on the way. Come on. If we have any listeners in New York City, I apologize. I do, too. Why don't you get on the show and teach me how to talk like a Brooklyn? I, I just, it's one of the accents I have the hardest time with. Unless I'm doing my Christopher Walken, and then I think it's pretty good. It's okay. It's not bad, either. It's if a hundred percent was Christopher Walken's, I would say you, your Christopher Walken is like sixty-eight. I'm above average. Maybe maybe a sixty-nine. That's what the doctor told me. 
<laughs> what is this show? What is this show? Comedy and Chaos Incarnate. Moving on. We're just coming up with ideas for Great Man at this point. All right, so, Devin, as you were saying about this beat cop coming to check out a flying saucer smacking some kid in the face. <laughs> probably didn't happen. They probably would have had to get the FBI involved. That's my guess. So there's currently no way to establish whether any of the claims made in the following stories were true, only that it's true that several people have claimed experiences that are eerily similar. Now, below, I have collected stories about the encounters with real men in black below what? from across the web. Below in my show notes. <laughs> Another thing that I like about like when I, when I make you force cut, when you jump back in, you go in full energy. <laughs> and and, and it, it works really well for the episode. Below, we've collected stories about, in my, below, I mean my show notes, about encounters with the real men in black from across the web. Whoa. So, number one, the real men in black agent who came, who made a coin disappear as a scare tactic. <laughs> Spooky. But first, he pulled the coin from behind your ear. All right. Dr. Hubert Hopkins was working as one, a consultant on a UFO case in Maine. One evening, he received a phone call from someone, from someone purporting to be an activist in the UFO community, asking him if he could visit Hopkins to discuss the case. Only minutes later, the man arrived. Now, the man was wearing a black suit, black tie, and had a very unusual facial appearances. With no hair or eyebrows and an extremely pale figure, Hopkins' dog began barking erratically the minute the man entered the home. After the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got even stranger. And here's how it went according to the website. The man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, and asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a very shiny new penny, in the palm of his hand. The man in black told Hopkins to watch the coin closely, and after a few moments, the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. It then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. The MIB informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane again. He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with the alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill. Hopkins replied that he had heard of the Hills, but was under the impression that he had died and is not in the not-too-distant past, which would have been accurate for the time framing. The MIB informed Hopkins that that was correct, and Barney didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. God damn, that's fucking... Dude, uh, what? Well, uh, first off, like uh, this whole narrative, like I've been thinking of the men in black as like a human government agency. Based on that trick, sounds like there's some fishy stuff going on. I would have to concur. Like, again, men in black, possibly alien, not human, is my proponent that I'm believing here. Um, I think most of them are just aliens and they're probably working in tandem with the government, but for these kinds of things. Kind of like how the movie is suggested, but only in subtext. Um, but goddamn that fucking line right there, though. Like literally, the a man in black, a man in black makes a fucking coin turn silver and then disappear off the plane of existence right in front of your face. And then he says, "Remember Barney Hill? Yeah, he died not long ago, right?" Then the guy says, "Well, Barney didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin." So. It should be noted that Barney Hill actually died of a cerebral brain hemorrhage. Uh, the men in black agent gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material that he had related to the UFO case. Hopkins, extremely shaken by the encounter, followed the advice of the man, burned all of his files and that he had relating to the case as well while he had re uh, repeated phone troubles after the fact. Uh, the phone company said his line had been tampered with and may be tapped. They never saw the man again. That's pretty fucking intense, to be honest with you. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, there's another account here. Um, the doctor threatened by the uh, by the men in black and told to stop his UFO research. This is another doctor. So another doctor. So these are these aren't just like you know Billy Joe Devin and John out here doing alien research. These are established people, like credited intelligent individuals, right? Right. People people who are you know they they do this. This is what they do. Exactly. So Dar, uh, Dr. Albert K. Bender was a well-written and extremely intelligent researcher who founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau, the IFSB. I think that's a pretty cool acronym there. Anyway, in 1955, his research was about to yield serious fruit as he prepared to unveil a paper that would prove the U.S. government had to one degree or another, covered up proof of UFOs and planned to publish his findings in the Space Review. That was until he was visited by another man in black. Now, Bender claims that he, that three men dressed all in black visited him at his home and warned him against pursuing the topic of UFOs any further. The men left Bender scared for his life and immediately shut down all research of the F. Uh, Flying Saucer Bureau. Now, many people who knew him claimed that Bender was a changed man after this encounter. His later works were rambly and almost unreadable and incoherent. Um, And he even seemed to live his life in a consistent anxiety and or terror. He uh, purported that to still... I'm sorry, he purported to still receive mysterious phone calls with nobody on the other end up until his end of his life in 2002. And then there was the Murray Island incident, which we discussed earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a good way to end it. So we know the story. The man, talked, uh, or the man in black told him not to talk about his encounter. Not long after that, uh, he was also visited by several Air Force agents, though. We didn't learn that yet. Um, who were said to be on a mission to gather information. It, uh, being United States Air Force, mm-hmm. like they're agents of the USAF. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. And Dolly's story definitely got the attention of various law enforcement agencies in his local counties as well as the United States, leading to an FBI visit and uh, a written report on the matter. Now, not long after the encounter with the man in black, Dolly claimed that the whole thing was a hoax out of nowhere, but, but he actually recanted this years after, having allegedly made the first confession under duress. So earlier when we were talking about, he said, oh, this was just a hoax and all this stuff. I just is how I felt like this was going to go. He definitely was under duress. Like, your life will be ruined. Oh, for or sure. you will be evaporated into a fucking coin-filled <laughs> universe. You know, you know. I mean, after after seeing somebody, I mean, I don't know. That 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 rubbed me weird. Um, I don't know. I guess the best argument would be that it's not actually a government agency. It works above the United States government. Mm-hmm. That'd be your best case scenario for for it actually being real. Because if it was actually something the government was spending money on, you would have to assume. Any agency, it's 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 going to be millions of dollars. There would be questions uh, from from multiple levels of the government and citizens also. So you would have to assume that they operate beyond the jurisdiction of the United States government and above any of that. Otherwise, there would be way too or far too world many government. I mean, yeah, it, world it would have government. to be it would have to be a world government thing that that we're not aware of as of current. Uh, which, by the way, I'm I'm pro, I'm pro world government. I think that humanity needs to just get their shit together. Yeah, humanity first, bro. There's there's something else out there, and we're we're not prepared for it because we're all divided. So humanity first. Let's let's just let's just cut the bullshit and just agree that we're all humans and we need to work together. Um, but outside of that, I mean, if you want to make the argument that the men in black exist, you would have to go that route. Outside of that. <clears throat> Which, in the first place, is far-fetched anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really... It was a cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Will Smith is boss and everything he does. Jamie Lee Curtis was the uh, star of that movie. Really? 
Smith. I mean, Will Smith fucking clutch. Oh, 100%. I love Will Smith to death. Jamie Lee Curtis was the star of that movie. Especially the second one where he lost, he loses his memory and he has to like... Yeah, well, okay, no, see, that's why yeah. I like the second one better because like, yeah, I think yeah. he did really good. Like yeah. You saw more acting. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's deeper... Cal- maybe it just a deeper character development then. Yeah, that's possible. Maybe. I don't know. It has it was, potential. You know, it was a really good movie. I don't... I, <laughs> real life? Nah. I don't really think so. But movie... I mean, there's plenty of movies I could quote, you know, Will Smith is phenomenal in. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith is a great actor. Love him. Absolutely. Love him oh, here's a good person, too. But anyway, that's <laughs> trifle that, to the point. So that's Will Smith. <laughs> this has been our episode of Will Smith. <laughs> Wolf takes a bite out of Will Smith. <laughs> maybe one day. Um, anyway, so yeah, there is actually quite a bit more of accounts here and maybe I'll do a separatist recording and just, we can release these on the Patreon for gray man or something like that as like extra content. Uh, for what? Um, like more accounts of this FBI agents. Cause I have plenty more. Oh yeah. More stories. Yeah. I have more. Yeah, that'd be, more that'd be neat. That'd yeah. be neat. Yeah. If you guys want, if you guys are interested in the Patreon. So this has been Will Takes a Bite out of the Men in Black. As always, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wolf Takes a Bite, P-O-D. And on Twitter, it's Wolf Takes a Bite 1. And, of course, this episode is brought to you by Gray Man Media. You can find us at Grayman underscore media on all social medias. And please consider donating to our Patreon at Gray Man Media. That helps all of our shows, including mine. We'll be back next week with another episode of Wolf Takes a Bite. Yeah! And I love you guys. Remember, question everything, and we'll see you on the next one. Oh! oh next song was lit. The, the cradle thing. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Alright, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Yeah! <laughs> I live inside my own world of make-believe Men dressed in black creating insanities I see the world through black tinted glasses Mind wipe the ones who saw the aliens across the street They see everything Wire tapping in my room. My world is so bright. The men in black would like to fight. Hush!